Here we go. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Yardist. I'm Matt Heiner. We've got Sam Barkley over here, and today we've got a special guest with us, Mr. Chris Major. What's up, Chris? What's up with you? Chris is in town from uh, Michigan. Where are you in Mi- out of in Michigan? So I'm based in Zealand. So that's in the west side of Michigan. So if, uh, I'm holding my hand up and pointing to uh, the side of my my palm, which is where we're located. Because when you're a Michigander, you can do that. <laughs> right on. Well, Chris is actually in town because he is here with the Heiner team, and we're going through and photo- uh, photographing all of our projects. And so uh, I figured, why not take the opportunity? bring you into the studio um and let's get a let's let's talk about what it takes to you know what it takes to make a nice photo to showcase a space particularly in the landscape world since this podcast is uh catered towards you know landscape folks um but more so like i mean we could go i want to talk about like the preparation you know what you look for you know, why is it important? You know, I think photography tells a story and I'd love to, you know, let's talk about what actually that story is and looks like and what you look for in those kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, maybe a little background uh, just for context. Uh, so I come from the landscape industry. That's where uh, that's really what I've been doing for uh, quite a while before I shifted into photography around 2020. And uh, so as a landscape designer for about 12 years uh, in a West Michigan uh, design build firm, I've uh, worked in other areas of landscaping out in the field, installing, maintaining as well. So that gave me a really broad base of knowledge when it comes to understanding the the landscape or as far as like uh, installation and maintenance. And that I think equips me with a very unique set of skills that I can bring to uh, the people that I typically like to work with, which are almost everyone in the green industry. Well, you grew up with a shovel in your hand, didn't you? I, I, I did, mean, actually. Didn't your parents have a, a landscaping company as well? Or Yeah, that's that's right. So I grew up in Hart, Michigan, uh, actually more specifically Crystal Valley, which is really off in the middle of nowhere. But I grew up on a family farm. And uh, so when I, I wasn't spending a lot of time uh, during summer going off playing with friends, I was basically working out in the fields or I was out working in my parents' uh, garden center. And uh, that's really where I started to learn a lot about plant material and everything that kind of relates to uh, the green industry that way. And as over time I uh, grew into that, I, I didn't know that I was learning plant names and that I was understanding uh, the relationships between different plants and how they go together or maybe they don't and uh, where to put them or where not to put them. And through that, uh, it really gave me uh, a great understanding, a greater understanding of uh, how I can start using those gifts in uh, the green industry when I decided to go in that direction. Did you like landscaping right at the gates or was it just forced upon you and you just kind of inherited the passion that, you, that I see you with? Well, I think any, 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 uh, anybody that's in uh, grown up in like a farm situation, family farm situation, you, you just sort of, you have to go through a certain, uh, you have to go through certain things just because you're, you're there, you're part of the family and you're helping. Um, and honestly, I, at a certain point in life, as I was graduating high school, I decided I didn't really want to focus on 
uh, you know, on, on landscaping or farming or anything. I, I really thought that uh, I had things really figured out and I was going to become a music teacher. So I went uh, and graduated with a bachelor's in music education, actually. And I was set pretty uh, dead on being a high school band teacher. And uh, it, it became pretty clear as I was wrapping things up uh, at uh, my, my uh, undergrad years that it really wasn't for me. But what was for me was teaching. And the music wasn't for you? You know, I love music, but I really, I found that uh, it just wasn't for me to go out and teach band. Um, there are people that do it and they do, do it well and my hat's off to them, but it wasn't for me. And I recognized that and I decided I needed to adjust what uh, my focus was. And I had just a kind of a moment where I realized, you know, I, I have all this knowledge about plants. Why don't I start focusing on that? So uh, then I enrolled with uh, the Lawn and Landscape Management Program with MSU and uh, uh, finished uh, schooling with them. And uh, then that led me into the green industry working on a more commercial basis. So when you got done with school, what uh, what degree did you specifically have? Uh, but for, oh, from, from MSU. Yeah. Yeah. So MSU, they have multiple programs, uh, and I really didn't want to go into like landscape architecture and do a whole four year program again. Uh, so they have actually uh, some satellite campuses, and I was able to get involved with one that was in West Michigan uh, at the time, and uh, so I wrapped that up. It was. A basically like a, I guess a bachelor's certificate and um, it's a little bit confusing to try to explain that but basically I just like to say it's just a degree from uh, from them and specifically honing in on landscape and lawn management. Nice. So did you get uh, I mean you were also a landscape designer for quite some time too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you go straight from MSU to getting that job or? Oh, no. No, absolutely not. No, I worked in the field and uh, for quite a while I, I was involved uh, with uh, a couple of different companies before I landed into the uh, company I settled in for about 12 years, uh, Blue Ridge. And uh, it was a great uh, it was a great time to really learn how to install and how to maintain landscapes uh, because that gave me that prerequisite knowledge to design in a way that I think uh, allowed my ins my eventual installations or my, my designs to be very functional for clients and something that they would uh, they would understand worked well for them and kind of following that adage of form follows function in good design. So you've got a broad foundation in landscaping in the landscaping world, but today you're a renowned photographer, so. When was the when was the first time you picked up the camera and you know it could be back when you were a child or it could be in a professional sense and started shooting landscapes. Yeah, so great question. I you know I uh, I started. I've always enjoyed photography, but I was never really uh, one to have a, a full blown camera camera. You know, I've, I've always enjoyed it, uh, but it was never something that I I took time to learn and so forth. I, I just kind of. I thought it was great, but uh, I took a trip with my wife uh, to Ireland, and I decided, okay, honey, I'm gonna get a nice camera. So I'm gonna, I bought a uh, a little Sony A6000, and uh, it was nice for me. It did the job, and I uh, got a couple of lenses, and 
went off and we did our trip and I was just really hooked on uh, landscape photography. And of course, when I say landscape photography in that sense, it's more like mountains and, and vistas and that sort of thing. Not necessarily like the landscapes that we're talking, that we're going to talk about today. But that was the beginning of my hobby into photography. And that was in 2017. And over a pretty short amount of time, I really started to get more and more into it. I would stay up really late. Uh, I'm, I do like to uh, shoot the stars and, and do some astrophotography, which is kind of a little bit uh, on the nerdy end of what I like to do, but it is something that I enjoy because I think that the night sky is something to be uh, really cherished and it's important. And um, and uh, not everybody gets to see uh, some of those stars uh, because we have so much light pollution in a lot of our urban settings. And, uh, and I grew up around that, you know, growing up on the farm, we had really clear, dark skies. And, and I didn't realize that I didn't have that when I moved into the city uh, in West Michigan, where I was uh, eventually located. And so after doing the hobby, I, I just started to get more and more interested in how the photography could be better and trying to hone that craft and start to develop a little bit of my own style. And uh, as I did that, I started to think more and more about what it would be like if I started to do this more full time. And in 2020, that's when the world turned upside down. And, uh, you know, we hear all these stories of people that are pivoting and doing all those things or the great resignation. And I guess I fall right into that uh, category as uh, I decided uh, to to make a make a change and uh, I, I decided it was time for me to uh, make an adjustment in what I was doing but I didn't want to leave the green industry wholeheartedly I didn't really feel like oh I don't like this anymore I don't want to do this anymore I, I can't stand being in the green industry I heard so many people go that way where they just totally go in a completely different direction but I feel like what I did is something that's more related to the existing green industry because that's the industry that I want to serve. And uh, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, landscapers are, tend to struggle with uh, having good photography. It's getting better, but, um, but you know, I, I hear a lot of people, whenever I, I would take a phone call from somebody while I was a designer, I would say, well, how'd you hear about us? And, oh, well, you know, I saw you on the on the web, and oh, I just love these pictures, and I I love the I love this image that of this patio, and oh, it's so beautiful, and you know, that's what I want to do. And it it, it told me that uh, there's a lot of value to having a really good image, and it's not only going to set the tone for your brand of the company, but it's also going to set the tone for maybe that sales call that you'll have with someone. And that really helps break the ice with the client. It can really move that process along and it helps give context to understand, oh, okay, well, you like that, that patio, that's this particular paver. And would you like to have that at your house? Yeah, I think that would be great. That'd be perfect. Great. Okay. Then we can move into that sales process and kind of get start nailing things down a little bit quicker uh, rather than trying to pull them out of thin air like sometimes you, you have to do uh, <laughs> at least in the sales process and so I realized that there is a lot of value in good images uh, but there isn't sometimes a lot of opportunities for landscapers to go out and get those images uh, short of snapping a few things with an iPhone or you know maybe they're carrying a good camera with them but you know I would start to carry my camera with me uh, to places but it was usually uh, at risk of 
having something damaged and so forth. So it could be a little bit stressful to, you know, you, you want to be working or taking care of something in the field, but you have a camera, you know, over your shoulder. Uh, that's, that, that could be a little dicey, uh, especially as that gear gets more and more expensive, the higher up you go with uh, better and better quality. So anyway, as, as I learn more uh, about it, uh, the more I wanted to dive into uh, the industry of photography, but keep it aligned with my uh, pursuit, my passion and pursuit in the green industry as well. Awesome. And so a lot of preparation goes into it. You touched on, you know, the gear and you can get the entry level gear. You can start with that phone that everyone's got in their pocket, or you can go spend thousands of thousands of dollars and go high level with it. But what does the preparation look like both on kind of the gear side, but more so the landscape side? How do you prepare to go and shoot a landscape to ensure that it's going to look the best and provide the best value once it's turned into that final product of an image? Yeah, it's also a great question. Uh, there, I think, I think there's a lot of things that you can do depending on what your landscape is. Um, so, but we'll just kind of give a general example. Uh, a lot of times we're going to be shooting maybe like a patio and maybe there's an outdoor kitchen and a pool. Those are pretty classic things to, uh, to, to take images of. And usually they're all together, so they're going to be kind of in the same shot. So to prepare a space like that, uh, a couple of things to think about, and, and a lot of it comes down to just being really practical. Um, think, about, think about this. What, what makes a great image for selling a house? Usually uh, a realtor would probably say less is more. You know, declutter, take things away. So the first thing that I would probably look to do would be looking to declutter the space, get rid of the pool noodles around the pool or the inflatable unicorn or whatever, and and get that stuff all out of there. Get too much yard art, too much, too many yeah. pots. Too oh yeah. Many Yep. Too many everything. Yep, you got to take all that stuff out of there. Even if the client says, "Oh, well, that's really important to me," and it's like, "No, I understand that. You know, it's it is important to me too, but we want to make sure that this is just as clean as possible." And then I'd rather, and and, and sometimes I'll say this too, if they if they get a little bit of pushback, you can take it away, and then reintroduce pieces as you go, and maybe that's enough to kind of get somebody to come off the fence if that could be even an issue. But most of the time, people are just like, oh yeah, it's great, you're cleaning up my backyard, I love it. Um, the, you know, it's like, that's pretty practical stuff, right? And uh, get rid of the, the things you don't really want to have in the image. But that also comes down to some detail items as well. So uh, if you're gonna shoot an outdoor kitchen, uh, make sure the grill is clean. Make sure that the countertop is wiped off, and you know and there's and there aren't any food stains uh, sitting on the pavers. Uh, you wouldn't believe how many times I I've seen things like that, and then we'll have to clean it up real quick and uh, make it make it ready. Uh, I, I, obviously, some some things you can't fix, like say, oh well, the neighbor is renovating their uh, their backyard as, as well. So should we do the shoot? Well, maybe that's a good opportunity to maybe wait on the shoot or maybe choose different directions. You have to make some choices sometimes to, to make sure you can have the best outcome for, for the image. And uh, it, sometimes there are things that are really unavoidable and you either have to work through them or work around them. Uh, other things that are really important to consider uh, when we're thinking about the landscape itself are things like cleaning up any debris, getting rid of dead plants, 
uh, pruning, it, tr pruning, pruning, yep, pruning things, mowing so, the lawn. Yep, yep. You want to make sure if you have boxwood hedges, make you know try to get them nice and uh, and trimmed down. If that's something that is part of the design intent, uh, do that. Or you know have a, a crew go in and do some weeding ahead of time and do the, the the necessary items. Take some time and invest into that image, not just with the, you know with having a photographer there, but also having you know having the site ready. Makes sense. sense. These are all simple tips that you don't need a $5,000 camera for. These are all tips that you can do with your iPhone and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Because I feel like a lot of the people that are listening to this might not be able to, you know, fork over the big bucks to bring in, you know, the world renowned Chris Major. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, know about that. What, uh, like, doing these things will set you up for success because what is the like we already kind of touched on this but the whole idea is to tell that story so you can have a smoother conversation with the client to or with the with the lead so that way you can share them on your on your website and they can see that kind of stuff and you can uh start to you know, let them envision themselves into that landscape and into that space so they can tell that story and include them inside of it. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head when you start talking about a story. And essentially that's what we're, you know, we're doing with an image that we're creating and we're trying to tell a narrative or a story that, that picking up basically where the, the design left off, right? I mean, the last time a client had seen a picture about their landscape was probably the, um, you know, the design that maybe a designer had put together for them. And so this starts to really come full circle and show them the reality of what they what is being created. And that's what's so fun about what I get to do is that I get to really take that finished product and, and we get to celebrate that with, with that. And that's important. And just thinking about that, you know, thinking of it like that way, I think helps uh, put the framework of not making it drudgery, like, oh, I have to take pictures of this place. Ugh. Like, no, we're, we want to take pictures of this place. And it gets the client excited. Most of the time, they are just so excited to have uh, have you take pictures. Whether it's you're bringing somebody on or you're just saying, hey, I want to take pictures of your backyard for our website. Do you think that would be great? And usually, most of the time, the clients just well, if, love it. If you're passionate about what you do and people selected you, they probably went with your company because they wanted to invest into a nice yard. Yeah, that's and for a reason. if you go to them you're actually giving them an opportunity to show off their yard something that they invested a lot of money in, something that they're probably very proud of and mm -hmm. so yeah. if you come to them to want to show off your work that means you're proud of what you did for them and they're going to like it that much more oh yeah At least that's the that's the reaction i normally get from everybody that i've asked oh yeah you can yeah you're more than welcome because when you come to take photos you don't just come in the middle of the day when it's convenient <laughs> we're there the butt crack of dawn. It is literally yeah. 5 a.m. We're meeting at the shop. We're loading up the gear. We're on site by 5.15, getting ready for those for that golden hour. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know we want to make sure that we're uh, telling the story as best as possible. So another way to kind of back up a, a little bit into the things that uh, uh, you can do to ensure a really successful shoot on a landscape is to choose a good time of day. And uh, I, I've seen a lot of uh, photos floating around on Instagram or on websites or wherever that look like they were shot right in the middle of the day. Uh, and like if there's a hot, I saw one, you know, there was a, it was the middle of the day, it was a pool, there was a hot tub on the side, the cover was on the hot tub. Um, you know, it was not quite level. Uh, you know, the, the, 
take the cover off the hot tub. Make sure you're you're posting a picture that's cropped and uh, cropped and level. Uh, these are all really basic things. You could do it all with an iPhone and still have success. Once you want, want to go into uh, a higher level of image, then you there is a point where you know the the iPhones are great. They could take some really great uh, photos, uh, but sometimes you really need to have something that has a, a higher quality, especially if you're going to be using. Uh, you say you want to have like uh, a good truck wrap or a banner or something like that, something in a large format. Um, you want something that you have a lot of detail that you can work with uh, as far as an image. And that's usually where uh, it's good to have a, a, high, a better camera or a better uh, situation for, for good photography to take place. If you Go ahead, Sam. Uh, I was just going to say, so what I'm hearing is, you know, the, the minor details that often get overlooked are going to be the most important. Um, yeah. But also control what you can control. And you obviously can't control lighting in the landscape world. Um, we don't have the luxury of a studio and studio lights necessarily. Mm -hmm. So dedicating early morning hours and late nights and picking that time so you can control the cleanup. Hour, right? Yeah, so typically, yeah, so like for the timing, just as a general rule of thumb, figure about 45 minutes before, or maybe an hour before sunset and about an hour uh, before uh, sunrise. And that's going to get you roughly in the time frame of when you'll want to at least be shooting. Mm -hmm. You'll want to be there beforehand so that you're prepped and ready to go. Don't get there an hour beforehand and start making things clean or else you're going to miss a lot of great light and a lot of great opportunities. But uh, you, you want to make sure that you're right there around that, that uh, hour before and then hang around a little bit, maybe about a half hour after sunset. You'd be surprised just how cool the lighting can get even afterwards even though the sun goes down doesn't mean you lose all of your light necessarily so just something to consider that's just like basic stuff that you know if you doesn't matter what you're using whether it's a high level dslr or mirrorless or a or even an iphone all of those things uh are, are just basic ideas to take it into context when you're trying to create a good image it's awesome um how did you go from landscape design to like what I mean obviously you touched on you know, pandemic hit and you're like all right I want to make a switch what was that like what was going on inside for you to want to like make that switch and get out of dealing with homeowners and dealing with you know doing the drawing side of things and and get into photography That's a good question and I I wish I could say that it was just like this epiphany moment but I guess it was just this slow burn of where I just felt like there was it was something had to change and I was I was I was feeling just like I was not um I just wasn't feeling like I was putting everything that I I could be putting into uh uh my my role uh when with the company I was at and that uh that that frustrates me as a person. I like to put as much as I possibly can in what I'm doing. And so when I felt like there, there was something that just wasn't quite uh, aligning correctly, I, I, I thought to myself pretty critically, like maybe I need to really rethink what I'm doing, how I'm doing, and you know how long I should be doing this for. And so it, it kind of dawned on me that I was, it kind of, 
I was coming home frustrated and I was just like, hey, well, you know, you're, you're really frustrated with this and there's always, you know, calls in the middle of, you know, handling things this way and that. And, you know, and I realized that I was kind of letting uh, a lot of discipline go in terms of like, hey, I don't need to be taking these calls from clients. And, that, and there's some struggle with, you know, just having to go back and forth and deal with those things. And um, I think that it was beginning to run its course with me at that time. I still, I do practice design work. I still, I still do designing. I do consultations. I, uh, you know, I, I, I teach designing as well, but uh, it just was kind of like, I think, I think I need to step aside uh, before I become really burned out and, and something like critically goes wrong where I, I just get really disgruntled about, you know, the industry or something. I just need to step aside and refocus into something else. And that was, I think, it, hopefully that it kind of was a long answer, but I think that's kind of where I, where I landed. It just was time for me to, to change. And, uh, but I didn't want to totally leave this industry because I love the industry. I love, uh, you know, the green industry because I think this industry is vitally important to not only, um, you know, our, our economy, uh, but also to our environment and to our communities. So it's something that I, I still want to be a part of, just maybe in a different way. I might add, it's important to society's mental health anymore. Oh, absolutely. We, we all have <laughs> screens attached to our hands and, and eyeballs, and so it's just a chance to put that down and you know, listen to the water and s- smell some fresh air and just be outside. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely, which is why I wanted to start... Uh, leveling up the imagery that is surrounding the craft of uh, landscape, but basically all things landscaping. And it, when I see the images that could be so much better, it doesn't mean that the design was poor. It doesn't mean the installation was poor. It just could have been a better photograph, you know? And that's where I think that we could start elevating things and making the industry more regarded as professional industry, as a trade that has value, that should be valued. And uh, when we start thinking those things and in, in through that way, and we start showing, you know, you start putting on the, the nicer clothes, you start acting a l- little bit more the part in that sort of that sort of mentality, right? And that's why images, I think, could be a good step in that direction. Why would somebody want to, like, bring in a specialist like you into their company as opposed to just finding, I don't know, like a real estate photographer off the shelf, you know, that's local, like what's the benefit? Is it really that much more to bring you in from out of state or if they're lucky enough, like in state uh, in Michigan, but like, tell me about the benefits that you see firsthand because you've only been doing this full time for, you know, two, three years now. And I get to see you all over the place now. And I think that's gotta be a fun life, but like what, what is, T- tell me, like, what what is that uh, what is the added value to bring you in? Yeah, so I mean, I travel all over uh, the nation, which is really really exciting to to get to do. I will say sometimes the travel this is kind of a side side, but like the the travel can be a little a, a little bit much. Traveling just isn't quite as much fun anymore, and then COVID made it even less fun. But anyway, it is what it is. And um, you know, the, the thing that I think that I'm bringing to the table a little bit different than somebody that. Uh, is just, hey, I do photography, or hey, I have a nice camera, or I know so-and-so, or I have a I have a cousin that has a nice camera, they'll take good pictures because the camera is nice. We may have heard that one before. Uh, 
I think the big thing, the big value that I'm bringing is my knowledge in the industry because I'm thinking when I'm looking behind the camera and I am adjusting my composition, I'm not only trying to create a good image that's well exposed and so forth. But you've so also forth. been in our shoes. If you're a salesperson or that's the right. young entrepreneur, you've been in our shoes. You know what those homeowners are looking for, right? That's right. And, and, you know, and I you think know about how to like capture that through your lens mm-hmm. and really you know, give give the audience what they need. That's exactly right. And that's what I really like to focus towards in terms of what I think that I'm bringing to the table and that's different than, uh, than others. Uh, I, I just have the industry experience. I've been through a lot of different parts of uh, the industry. So I understand what goes into installing a paper patio. I understand why GeoGrid is used on a retaining wall at certain points. And I understand why you want to amend the soil in certain conditions for it to make plants happier when they're, uh, when they're planted. And by doing that, I look at all of these possible images in a different way. Every image can be then crafted to, te- to be tuned towards the story that the landscaper is trying to say or the designer is trying to, uh, trying to uh, narrate about this particular either property or our situation that, that we're trying to photograph. That's what I'm bringing to the table. Uh, and, and it's a lot of the work that I've already done, uh, but it's a lot of fun for me because it, 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 it's something that I, I really enjoy still. And that's something that um, when we're, I'm on a site, for example, it, it is fun to break the ice, you know, with people, uh, you know, I'll go and do some production shots for some, uh, for some clients, me- meaning that, uh, you know, a crew is installing something or they're, you know, we're out in the field and doing some work and they want to have uh, a few images of, of crew members installing or doing their thing. And they're like, okay, cool. I'll go out there. And, uh, you know, there, the, there'd be a group out there and they're installing and I'll look down and they typically, they, they just are told, Hey, photographers can be out at the site, you know, make sure that, you know, you, you know, keep an eye out for them. Oh, okay. Yep. Sure. So I get out to the site and I'm seeing they're installing a patio and they're doing their thing and and then I'll leave it over to the guy that might be working, guy, gal, whoever, and they so uh, what kind of polysander are you guys installing? And they'll give me a look. Like, how do why you're the photographer, right? And they'll they'll always they'll typically will ask, like, wait a minute, how do you what do you know about how do you know what polysand is? Or the or I'll ask, is this open graded? Are you using open graded base uh, on on this whole uh, area, or are you gonna do it just in this this uh, driveway? And and they'll, they'll look at me like with these wide eyes, and and all of a sudden they kind of like let their guard down a little bit more, and then I can get a more relaxed image and something that's gonna look a little bit more natural because anytime I put the camera in front of somebody that's not used to it, they kind of can get a little tense. Some people get a little goofy, which is fun, but most people get a little intimidated because you know it's like a big lens and the camera and oh, what do I do and, <laughs> and so forth. And that just is a nice way of breaking the ice. And that's just one small example, aside from when I'm thinking more, I guess more importantly, thinking about composition and taking images that are going to really uh, hone into what the landscaper wants to show. We could show a great picture of a house, and I know the real estate photographers or architectural photographers out there, or whatever, they're, they're taking great images, but they're kind of missing the opportunity to take a picture of the landscape 
that's going to be focused on that uh, what was done, the, the honor that work that was done there. We can see a great picture of the house and we want that, but we also, you know, from, and I've heard this from, from other people who said, oh yeah, well I brought in somebody and man, they, they took a great picture of the house, but I needed a picture of the, the landscape around the pool and I missed all that. It just, you know, they, they just weren't taking the pictures of the things that we needed. And, um, you know, and I hear that I, that's something that I hear and that's something that I'm, hoping that what I do will be able to alleviate that issue. What's uh, Tell us a story of like the craziest thing that's happened while shooting uh, one of the projects. Hmm. Wait, one of your projects? <laughs> Just the craziest story. I mean, if it was one of ours, then let's I don't, hear it. I don't, well, I don't, I don't think we've really had uh, a crazy one yet, but, you know, we'll see. The day ain't over yet, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the... Uh, I, Oh boy, that you put me on the spot with that one. I think you don't need to drop any names. Oh no, 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 that, that, that's fine. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, boy, I actually wish that I, I had a, a moment to, to consider that one, but uh, I, I definitely have been in positions where uh, I, I don't think the client may have realized that it would take so long to take certain images or that I would be staying and just like, hell, it's getting pretty dark. Guess we're done, right? Like, no, we're, we're just kind of getting going. And they're like, oh, okay. And then it's a little bit awkward because I have to explain, well, I mean, we're here. We have plenty of available light. We're going to keep shooting, right? And they're like, oh, okay. So some of that was, uh, and that happened to be uh, a, a kind of a weird situation where we just didn't communicate that. I didn't communicate that very well, but now I try to communicate that very, very thoroughly up front that, hey, you know, these shoots can kind of lead into the evenings, make sure everybody knows that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, oh, I do have one. That, ah. that was good. So we, I was shooting for, um, I was shooting for a, uh, a paper company. I won't say what paper company. Um, that doesn't really matter, but I just won't say. Um, and we were on site, and there was the uh, the art uh, the the marketing person was there, uh, and uh, a couple other folks. There was like a a, a paper rep there, and we, we were all together on the site. We were shooting, and then the client of the homeowner comes home, and they uh, were in the backyard in the pool, so it's all fenced off, and we're we're shooting this beautiful landscape, and and we're focusing mainly on the the paper material. Uh, because it was for a product, the product company, and the neighbor, or excuse me, the the homeowner comes home and they open up the slider door. The dog, this big golden retriever, just bolts out. It's all happy and you know, go lucky, being a golden retriever. And I'm kind of like watching my gear because they have tails that can knock over, you know, like fence posts and stuff. So I have to watch out for this dog and the the tail because it was really excited to see all of us. And then the, the uh, marketing director says, hey, we should get a picture with the dog. You think that'd be okay? I'm like, yeah, okay. So uh, we, we get set up and position, uh, getting all set up where I'm gonna be taking a picture of uh, the dog, like laying on the, uh, uh, on the pavers and it was gonna be great and so forth. But the dog was really, really excited uh, still, like couldn't calm down. So we were trying to like, everybody was just trying to be really chill, let the dog calm down, but the dog just would not calm down. And then uh, in the course of uh, time, somebody had a gate open in the, on the side of the house. 
and the dog got really excited again and bolted and like i was i was about to take take some shots and then the dog shot off you know like saw a squirrel who knows what and left the yard and left the property and ran down the street and then so all of a sudden the homeowner's was like oh the dog got out and i'm thinking oh my goodness so now this dog is running over and so the like the marketing director uh, helps go and try to get the dog and it was just I, I stayed shooting because I'm like uh, I gotta keep going because we're running out of light and it was it was definitely a little bit of a fiasco because you know they wanted to do this wanted to shoot with this dog and the dog like gets out because somebody left the gate open so I'd say that's probably one of the one of the more oddball things that's happened so far we're gonna have to amp it up this week or something I think we could do that I think, I think we can beat that so, I don't know. That's, that's, maybe maybe we, uh, got, a, we maybe, got a few more nights yet still. Maybe I need to uh, uh, get into one of your ponds and take pictures from the pond. Oh, that that, that won't even. I, I got, got some waders. I've, see, I've seen some <laughs> of the fish, though. I mean, they're a little bit, you know, some big fish out Plus there. Plus some fun. <laughs> cool. Well, any, like, any last tips, man, that like that we could do? Like, what, what do you want to leave the audience with, like, if they're doing this? Or actually... How can we get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out to you specifically? Yeah, I mean, I, you can find me through you know my Instagram, which is cmajor1981. Uh, you can also email me, uh, my website, and you can find all that information there. Uh, it is chrismimages.com, and uh, you can find basically my portfolio there. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, if you obviously are uh, following Heiner, uh, Outdoor Living, and Matt, the artist, and uh, the things that he's doing, you know, we interact back and forth that way, and, uh, you know, th- that's really the best, one of the best ways to get a, get a hold of me that way, and then we can kind of set up a call or and consult from there. In terms of last uh, kind of parting, parting words and, and uh, advice, uh, I think towards what makes a, a great, uh, a great photo shoot for a landscape, uh, really thinking again about making the space simple don't overcomplicate it don't uh feel like you have to stage a site with uh you know like a full-blown kitchen uh cutlery and plates and dinner service and have a steak on the grill and you, you can do those things of course you can do those and but when you do that you add more layers of complication. So if you have a team of people that are into that or a person that's really into that kind of thing and can arrange spaces beautifully, awesome. Just keep it simple. But but if you don't, don't make it more stressful than it needs to be. And I think keeping it simple is often better. Um, and then adding pieces in as you go uh, to, to add layers into complexity and I think that's the better way versus trying to just do a whole bunch of stuff and then it's like really overwhelming and you're using a whole bunch of more time and make, making a lot more stress than really what, what it needs to be. These are supposed to be, the, the photo shoot is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be really celebrating and, and really the cherry on the top of all of the hard work that was done from design to build and to maintenance. All of that culminates with getting these great images, hopefully uh, great images that will uh, be something that you can then take with you uh, and, and either share with your clients or you can share with the world and just say, hey, look at this great work that we do. Why don't you come do great work with us? Awesome. 
before we go to I want uh, tell us in 60 seconds learn landscape design what is that <laughs> and uh, so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm involved in I'm working on a online platform an online uh, course called learn landscape design and it's something that I'm working on with uh, Robert Chesky and uh, a former professor from uh, MSU. And we are in the midst of uh, creating a course that will help people uh, if they're interested in becoming a landscape designer. This isn't really something for, hey, I want to uh, learn how to make a good landscape design for my house as a homeowner. This is actually tuned for professionals, for people that want to get into the field, that don't necessarily want to take four years and go to college, but they want to get uh, a lot of great information so that they can maybe jumpstart their career into landscape design or to really get some basics and, uh, and really hone their craft as they uh, begin to learn and develop in, into that field. Awesome. Well, guys, that's the show. Chris, always a pleasure. Appreciate Absolutely. you coming out. Thank you. Looking forward to sharing the photos we're taking this week. Absolutely. If you want to see this guy's work, check out his website. Go to my website, whatever. Like, it's true. just phenomenal. It's just literally world class. Uh, man, it's been an honor to have you here today. And, uh, you know, for those of you listening, you know, you know the drill. Just be better than yesterday. <laughs>